Hey y'all, welcome to Season 3, Episode 3, Tea Time with Tosh. Thanks for joining me again this week for another good episode. I am so happy to have you here. So, we are discussing today's topic, and that will be, what we want most doesn't always come packaged the way we desire. And I'll repeat that again because that's a good one. What we want most doesn't always come packaged the way we desire. First of all, y'all, let's let's just first say happy Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. I am so happy to be a woman, so grateful to God, so thankful for all of the things that women, we as women get to experience in this life, and just so excited to be here, you know? And I'm glad that we were able to have a day just to commemorate us. And in lieu of that, I have this beautiful teacup that says queen of everything, because that's what we are, loves. You know, I always highlight this picture right here. So we're going to sit and we're going to chat. So today's topic is was basically inspired by a conversation that I had with a friend. As you guys will catch the trend here, most of the topics that we discuss are going to be some Excuse me, some research, but some also that I just have in conversation with friends, family, and so on and so forth. So the reason why I thought that this was a good topic is because the more that I've matured in this life, right? And I'll say within the last few years, I've noticed that we can want something so badly and we can manifest something, right? And hope and pray that we that it comes to fruition, Now, we know that faith without works is dead, so we know we have to do some things to allow the things that we want most in life to come to us. But in the midst or in the pursuit of all of that, you still have to understand that you could want something so badly and because God laughs at our plans, he may have a whole other perspective or a whole other objective set aside just for us. And we don't even realize or notice it until we're in it. So we're going to put some um, rhetoric around exactly what I want to specify with this topic. It's a broad topic and you can specify it to opportunities, relationships. You can specify it to careers. You can specify it to anything. But what I wanted to focus on today is mainly going to be, as you can almost imagine, the theme relationships. Now, the reason why I say that is because... We have our to-do list, right? Or I'm not even going to say our to-do list. We have our must-have list as men and as women. We have the things that we need in a partner that we expect that are non-negotiables that we will not settle for, which we're going to talk about what the difference between settling and just adjusting is. And we have the things that we have as a desire, right? In a person that we find as our person. But what we have to understand is sometimes we can't be so slanted and so skewed that we feel like if someone doesn't check off every single box in every single category, that that means that's not the person for us. We have to think about sometimes what are the non-negotiables. So when you look in terms of non-negotiables in a relationship, does someone have a job or career? Is someone a family person? Is their spirituality intact? Are they someone that you can confide and talk into, um, talk with? Um, do they have strong communication skills and dynamics? Do they understand the difference between being emotionally available and unemotionally available? And that's also something I wanted to highlight as well. And do they understand what love languages are? 
So these things are, in my opinion, in my if I were to talk about my must-have list, these are non-negotiables. These are very basic things that I feel like most people should have as attributes when you're looking at cultivating a relationship with someone. And when those things aren't all the way there, while I do feel like some of them can be adjusted or I can adjust to someone else's style or way of being, sometimes it depends on the adjustment. That's where we're going to focus on settling. Now, when I want to talk about settling, we hear that word often and I know it's a trigger for some. So I do. I don't want to be so slanted that I don't acknowledge that. I know some people feel triggered by the word settling. In my opinion, what that specifically means is when you settle, you will accept something lesser than your non-negotiables and you will allow that to be something that you look beyond and still interact or date someone that you know is not right for you. And I talked about this before my TikTok page. One of the things we have to understand is when they, we see red flags in people, right? We don't need to duck and dodge them and act like they aren't there. We need to pay close attention to them because red flags will trigger you in such a way to let your intuition know for women what's good or what's not for you in a relationship. For men, your instincts, your gut feelings on what or who you're navigating this this interaction with and if they are someone meaningful that you can move forward with or not. And when you settle these things, these non-negotiables that you have in place, even if you adjusted, you know, this person is not capable of cultivating anything beyond what you see in front of you. You just settle because you don't want to be alone. And let's talk about that for a second. There's a difference between being alone and lonely. Lonely is a state of mind. You only feel lonely because there's no one occupying space. And a lot of the times we don't tap into who we truly are as people, what makes us tick, what makes us happy and what allows us to thrive in this life. And when we don't put attention to those things, we sometimes feel like we're lonely when if you do the self work, you pour into self and start identifying what makes you happy and you also start thriving in your purpose. You notice that. Alone is what you might actually be and lonely is just a state of mind and we are what we tell ourselves. If you don't subscribe to the notion of being lonely, you won't feel like you are. You will always turn to something else that will fill you up until you can get into alignment with the person that you are not necessarily settling for, but maybe adjusting some of your non-negotiables for, non-negotiables for. And one of the things that I also wanted to highlight is when we're talking in terms of the non-negotiables, let's look at the list on the other side, the things that can be adjusted. A lot of people are concentrating heavily on aesthetics. Does this person have this? Are they this complexion? Are they this height? Are they this weight? Are they this class? You know, we focus on things that are surrounding around vanity. And what we have to understand is we may be talking ourselves out of a blessing of a person that is a helpmate because they don't come packaged the way we desire. I always bring the topic to fruition, you guys. Follow me. And what we have to understand is, no, it's not going to be someone that you're not at some point attracted to in some way, but they might not have all the things that you check off in your boxes as appealing or as something that you feel aligned with or connected to. One thing that I realized in the past, I had a type. I like tall, dark-skinned men, athletically built. 
That was my type. That's all I dated. It was a non-negotiable for a long time. And what I had to realize in dating that type of person, no knocks to people that are like that, that are good and that are wholesome. But in my past, in my 20s, I used to focus on only dating people that look like that. And what I had to realize, what life taught me was those people weren't good for me. They just weren't not saying they weren't good for someone else in their maturation of life, but they weren't good for me in that part of mine. And I had to realize maybe I should do something different or see different in the aesthetic of a person and not focus so heavily on that. Like I said, yes, I do want to talk to you or align with someone that is attractive and easy on the eye, but may not look like what I was accustomed to. And when I started seeing beyond the aesthetic, right? I start realizing that you can very well align with someone that might not look like you think they should or that you are accustomed to, but you realize that the characteristics of this person, the heart of this person, the intentionality of this person's communication with you, the way they handle you, the way they treat you, the way they treat people around them is so closely aligned with what your core values are that you just naturally align with this person and it's not forced, it's organic, it's real, and it feels good, right? And we should be cultivating relationships like that once we get to a certain age. You go through life's experiences, learning things or learning from your past, and once you do so, you grow from it, right? And so when you're in a space of growth, you do tend to change your values. They adjust to the new you or to the mature you, I should say. And one thing I realized is while we may not always see someone initially the way that we anticipated, if we look beyond the aesthetic and if we focus on the things that we have as non-negotiables that have everything to do with someone's character, that is where happiness can be found, my loves. Because one thing I have realized is taking time out to get to know people and being very mindful of how much information and of your business that you share up front, but just sharing it within reason and that it's a reciprocity in the sharing of things can protect you from people that are low vibrational or that are not meant for you, that are toxic. And it also will allow you to see things clearly. Once you start being able to identify red flags from growth or through growth, you'll be able to dodge things that you might have not otherwise been equipped to dodge before you did that self-work, before you did some of that healing, right? And when we start paying attention to the things that people show us and we are slow to give so much information up front, but just gradually over time get to know one another that is where I feel like we all can stand to be in alignment there are so many people that are in relationships because of aesthetics because of money because of all of the things that really don't have anything to do with character or that don't have anything to do with growth and they are unhappy if you really take inventory to most of the people around you not all most of them you can really tell the ones that are cultivating genuine relationships that have all of the things that vanity would align with, but they still are happy at the core of their relationship. And then you have the ones, if you juxtapose it, who have all of the aesthetically pleasing things, money, looks, all of that, but they are so unhappy. They go home and they are miserable. They go to sleep at night 
and they are actually lonely because they haven't identified self yet. They wake up and they long for something that they may see in other couples where some people might look at a couple and be like, how did they wind up together? But no, we have to stop using that narrative. And I had to check myself because I used to find myself saying things like that. You can't say, how did someone wind up together when you don't even know their story? Sometimes the most oddly paired couples aesthetically are some of the strongest, most wisest, most endearing couples that you can actually learn something from. We have to get out of the culture and mentality of chasing what looks good. We have to understand that sometimes what we need, what can help us grow, what can align with us on one accord, because that's what we should be doing. We should be cultivating relationships. And like the Bible says, that are evenly yoked and on one accord. And when you do that, and you take the time to listen to God and see who it is that he has ordained for you because he will show you if you are willing to listen and actually pay attention. You will realize that it is easy for you to be with someone like that. It is so fulfilling. It enriches your spirit and it also allows you to see greater in life. You, We should be cultivating relationships with people that pour into us. So if we're birthing something or we're moving and walking in purpose, we should be able to have a helpmate that speaks life into what we're doing, that pays attention, close attention to the things that we're doing and wants to genuinely see us win. There is a thing where we have cups, right? And they say when you're pouring from a cup that the cup is going to continue to fill. But what we have to understand is sometimes we get so vested in situations with people that we pour so much into others that we wind up empty. There's nothing left. The lid that goes on the top of this cup has nothing in it and it has no capacity to take anything more because there are holes all the way around it. We have to understand that when we keep pouring from a place of emptiness, we will wind up with holes and impartial. We have to pour into ourselves and allow ourselves to receive others that will do the same. Reciprocity in relationships when it comes to the values, the core values and the attributes of a person that will speak life into our lives, that will help us grow. That is where we are going to be able to elevate. Elevation is what God wants for all of us to do. And we have to be intentional and in allowing for that to happen. But the only way we can be intentional and in allowing for that to happen is if we are an intentional in who we select time and space with. Be intentional in everything that you do, obviously, my loves, but especially when you're selecting the person that you're going to spend and cultivate time with. We talked about last week dating, right? And we talked about the different types of dating and courtship. Well, once I feel you reach the age of 30, the mentality should be that you're in a courtship with someone dating them with a purpose. What that means is, are you having these very real conversations about what your future looks like, what their credit scores are? Some would say or argumentatively say in the past when you're younger, in your 20s, that that's an intrusive question to ask. But when you get to a certain age, it's a very important question to ask, because if you're dealing with someone and you don't have a recollection or understanding of what that looks like, that person can bring you down financially. And we want to make sure that we are aligned in that way and that someone is not taking so much from and not giving back to. That's one thing that's very important. Another thing that's important is what does their spirituality look like? 
Do they have a higher power that they seek refuge in, that they turn to to ask for guidance? We don't all worship the same God. We have Jaira. We have the Most High. We have all of these different facets of how we honor and signify God. But at the end of the day, do you have a higher power that you seek to help you grow, that you turn to when you feel impartial? Because we not, we're never supposed to turn to man. We should only turn to him. He wants us to turn to him because he's a selfish God. And he wants to understand that we know whenever we have impartialities or we're struggling with something in life, that he is going to be the source of our strength to allow us to move forward and to give us the roadmap, the blueprint or redirect our footsteps. We also have to understand that when we are in a relationship with spirituality at the center of who we are, we understand that God is the core between what allows us to grow. We cannot easily be broken if we allow him to be the core that binds us. Right. And as long as we move with those principles as it relates to spirituality, we can grow in anything. Communication. It is so important to align with someone that even if you all don't have the same communication style, you're willing to adjust to each other's communication style. That means when you are disagreeing on things, are you taking a moment to recollect your thoughts your feelings, your emotions, and then re-engage to speak about what it is that was the indifference. Or if you are on the same page, are you all speaking to each other with respect? Now, I know I'm a person that speaks with conviction. So sometimes when I get extremely excited about something in my spirit, it sounds like I'm being argumentative or aggressive, but I'm just speaking with conviction. But does your person understand your communication style where they receive the way you communicate and not be offended by it? And if they are, are you able to adjust or be open to pivoting maybe in a different way to communicate on one accord with that person? Making sure that you never go to sleep angry. I was talking to someone earlier and I had this conversation. So many of us oftentimes get so frustrated about a situation or an occurrence in our relationship that we allow ourselves to get so angry and disrupted that we will just go to sleep with those same feelings, those angry feelings. And we wake up the next day and we don't realize that sometimes that spirit carries over into the next day. We should, even if you don't have all the words or the understanding of exactly what upset you in a situation or a given instance, being able to table it for the next day or for a later date, but respectfully understanding that that's what's going to happen, that you're actually going to circle back and that you're going to re-engage in love and then talk about it later. That's what not going to bed angry looks like. Some people think it means resolving the conflict, not going to bed mad. No, sometimes it means just tabling it. It's okay to put things to the side until you have the right words or the right intentions to delve into a conversation that can help you fix the situation or understand a person in a different way. As long as we're always intentional with our communication styles and being respectful and how we're communicating with one another, we can move forward in any given circumstances on one accord. That brings me to love languages, knowing what the person that you desire to be with, what their love language looks like and what yours looks like and how you guys can meet at the center. We oftentimes get wrapped up in loving someone the way we want to be loved and not loving them the way they receive love. Why that is so important is because 
If you love somebody the way you want to be loved and that's not their love language, you're going to miss the mark every time. And you're going to wonder why it seems like you guys are never on the same page or why there always seems to be turmoil or conflict. And a lot of the times it's because you haven't take, taken the time, done the homework, done the self-work to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to love somebody the way that they are able to receive love. Love languages are acts of service, quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, and gift giving. Those are the five core love languages. When you understand what they are, and you can take a test just to see if you and your partner want to take a love language test that is available, I'll link it below. And I'll also for my people on um, audio, I'll give you guys the blueprint in the audio comments. But there's a, a test that you can take as um, an expe expected possible relationship couple. And you all can see what your love languages are. And once you understand and identify individually what they look like, start having a conversation on if you know how to be present in that way for the other person. When we have these type of very important conversations amongst one another and making sure that what it is that we want in life, in a relationship, and how we can cultivate moving forward with someone, if we take the time out to pay attention to these very integral things, we just might wind up with our actual person, not someone that we're settling for, not someone that we just so happen to be in the relationship conveniently with, and not someone that is toxic or low vibrational. Those are different categories of people that you wind up with. But at any rate, when you take the time to learn yourself first and then learn someone else, you can cultivate something real and you don't have to feel like you're just existing or coexisting with someone. You will feel like you guys are building, building blocks and relationships, help a relationship thrive. When you see the people talking about they've been together for 10, 20, 30 years, genuinely together for those amount of years doing the work together. And they look actually happy and not just look happy, but are happy. And trust me, you can tell the difference. I've seen couples who have been together for 20 years that are actually happy and that are pretending to be happy. But that's a story for another day. But when you actually take inventory to the people around you that cultivate long relationships that actually thrive, that can be your blueprint or a goal that you set for yourself and how you can journey and travel to finding someone for you that will align and give you tenure to that point as well. I love love. I believe in love. And I think that we all have been created and designed in this world to receive love from someone that God has made for us. But we have to do the work on ourselves and be present with what makes us happy, what makes us thrive, and actually becoming more of that. We're not always going to be all the way together, but are the core things in us together, where once we receive who he created for us, we are receiving them in our fullness and receiving them in theirs. And fullness doesn't always mean that you guys are perfect, but two perfect, imperfect individuals that are willing to do the work to make your relationship work for you, whatever that looks like. Every relationship is different and every person is different and uniquely made in God's image. But what we have to understand is what we want most doesn't always come packaged the way we desire. And once we understand that notion, we can actually build real relationships that stand the test of time. This was episode three, season three, Tea Time with Tosh. 
Thank you for listening to your girl. Thank you for joining me. And as always, I am so grateful for your return. Until next time, I'm out, guys.